Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. It's less crowded in the last mile. Hello and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this beautiful Monday, the 29th of March, 2021. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show, and I trust you've enjoyed a phenomenal weekend and looking forward to another big, big week in sales and in your leadership this week. Now, it is less crowded in the last mile, and that is the topic for today's conversation. Now, you might have heard the term that it is less uh, less competitive at the top, or sometimes people refer to it being it, it's lonely at the top, but the higher you rise in terms of success, the less competitive it is, or it seems to be. Now, why is that? And if you look at, there's examples in business, there's examples in sport. In fact, there's probably examples in many walks of life that many people, teams, and also companies either tend to give up or throw in the towel too early. Now, there's there's a number of books that have been written on this topic, and there's a there's a classic book by the name of, I think it's called Three Feet from Gold, and it's a great uh, it's a great metaphor. It's a great example of this exact principle, and that often people stop just when they're about to break through in terms of success, success finding that gold, those gold nuggets. And this is why the last the last mile in particular is very less crowded because not everybody is prepared to stay the course. Now, if you've been listening to a while for a while on this particular podcast, you know that my message on a on a consistent basis is always, hey, you've got to stay in the game. Stay the course, stay in the game. It means you've got to believe in what you're doing, it means you've got to know what you stand for, but it also means you're actually demonstrating the right habits and know that those habits compounded over time will deliver results. And those results will become not only replicable, they'll become scalable, they'll become predictable, and also ultimately they'll become sustainable. But why is it that so many organizations, so many teams and, and in, from an individual basis, so many people tend to tend to stop. They they when they're going gets tough or when they find some obstacles, they they tend to uh, maybe try to break through for a little while, but ultimately they end up stopping and look for opportunities in other areas hoping for better results. And there's a classic classic term for this that uh, often we refer to as the shiny thing syndrome. And if people are not prepared to stay the course uh, and all the things we've just spoken about in terms of knowing what they stand for, for example, it's very easy to get uh, to get sometimes flustered, but also your attention drawn to other things. You just have to look at the advertising on, whether it be TV or radio right now, there's a lot of things that are being thrown at us every single day. And if we're not, if we're not really, really clear on what it is that we're looking for, what it is that we stand for, we can be very susceptible to the shiny thing, which means we actually go and look for things that perhaps will not serve us. We often go and go and buy things that certainly won't serve us. And when it comes to success, when it comes to generating outcomes, generating momentum, and ultimately in sales, generating sales and revenue, uh, it's often the case that many leaders oversee teams where their attention is not necessarily as focused as it could be, and therefore they are susceptible to the shiny thing syndrome. And this is another reason why we're less crowded on the last mile because the ones that stay the course, the ones that know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it will stay the course because they know that they're going to be less crowded and there's going to be less competition in the last mile, which means they're going to reap the rewards. So what actually then separates the exceptional teams and the exceptional leaders from their competition, from, from everybody else? Well, 
First of all, they acknowledge that achievement takes not only consistent effort, but also takes persistent effort, that things just don't come easily, that they have to work for it. And they also have the knowledge that, hey, that just this principle that the last mile is going to be less crowded. So they, they play not so much the waiting game, but they play the consistency and the persistency game because they know that they can outlast anybody. And they also know that in most cases, other people will actually give up because they're not necessarily as focused on the outcome as they are. And so this is why they're, they're, quite, they're quite separate. And there's a key lesson out of this today. And I want to talk about this in terms of what they actually do, what, what separates them from everybody else. And it's not as big as you probably think, right? It's not they have some magic pill or they've been blessed with, uh, with, a, with a golden chalice, for example, that been, that, that'll allow everything to turn to gold. They do this. And what they do is they focus on the one percenters and they are 100% relentless in this focus. Now, one of the classic examples of this uh, in the AFL in Australia, we've just uh, kicked off the AFL season. In fact, there's been two rounds already completed, another 20-odd to go, which is uh, which is great. And the, the competition this year is probably by far the best that it's been in a couple of years and really exciting football. If you're into, into football, it's, uh, it's a fantastic game to watch right now. But there's one guy who is probably considered to be the best player in the, in the whole competition, and it's a guy called Dustin Martin. Now, if you actually do a bit of research on Dustin Martin, he is the classic example of this principle that it is less crowded in the last mile, and he's prepared to do whatever it takes to not only get to the top, but more importantly, to stay at the top because he always knows that there's another level to get to, and he's never, ever satisfied with what he's actually achieved because he knows that there is, in fact, more that he can actually extract from his potential and therefore his performance. And so there's a story that goes way back to when he was about 16 or 17. This is even before he was drafted. And he was playing senior football up in the country, Victoria, which in, in and of itself is a huge a huge achievement because it's very rare that a kid 16 or 17 plays senior football, let alone uh, the first division senior football. But he, he, is, he was that good back then and he is, he is so good today. And that's why he's at the top of the game. But what he did, he used to train more than any other person in that club. And in fact, if you looked at it, probably more than any other person in the entire league. Now, he knew exactly where he wanted to be, and he wanted to be an AFL footballer. And he probably didn't necessarily think that he'd be a, uh, a Brownlow medalist and a triple premiership player and a triple uh, Norm Smith medalist and all that sort of stuff. But he knew that the extra mile was going to be quite, um, quite empty because so many other people would give up or not have the, the tenacity to stay the course. And so after every training session, he would actually do extra work over and above what was required of the senior team. And this is as a 16 or 17 year old. He would actually have goal kicking competitions for between half an hour and an hour after training with the full forwards and the forward players. And they would have competition as to who would actually kick the most goals from various angles. Now, if you're into football and you watch Dustin Martin play, he very rarely misses goals, and he can literally kick goals from any position in the forward line. He is that good, and he knows exactly where the goals are. Now, that doesn't come through freakish talent or talent alone. What that comes from is a relentless focus on the small things that will, over time, compound to get the results that you get. And this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about today, and that Dustin Martin would actually train for a half an hour to an hour every single training session because he knew that that extra work would actually pay dividends because the more he did that, 
the more it would compound. And now what you see is what you see on the TV each and every week. This guy is literally unstoppable. Now what's really interesting today at the elite level, even though the, the sports scientists and all the doctors and so forth have very specific uh, measurements in terms of the loading that each of the players have in terms of their training minutes, game minutes, all that sort of stuff. Dustin Martin will still do the extra work because he knows that he needs to do that extra work to keep on top of his game. But he also knows there are people who are gunning for him to try and uh, knock him off his perch, if you like. That if he doesn't keep up his relentless focus on these one percenters, then the competition will actually now start to bridge the gap between them and him. Now, that's not what he wants. So he is now continuing to do that discipline, the extra time. He'll do extra weight sessions. He'll do extra running. He'll do extra preparation. And that's what separates him from the rest of the competition. And one of the key reasons why he is literally the best player in the uh, in the competition right now. And many people say, and I'm not a Richmond supporter, but many people say he will probably go down as one of the best, if not the best player to ever play the game. So there's a lot we can learn from that. So let's think about this in the context of us as sales leaders and also our sales teams. If we're looking to extract the potential out of our sales team and go that extra mile and literally uh, stay the course and actually get the results we want, then we need to understand it's going to take a little bit more effort and it might actually take a little bit more uh, tenacity and a little bit more discipline to do the things that are required in order to give us the opportunity of reaping the rewards at the end of it. And know that the, it's going to be less crowded than the last mile because there are so many people who are going to be giving up. There is, even your competition sometimes will find it too hard because they will be suffering from shiny thing syndrome and they'll think there's another thing to go and do that might get a different result and they will not stay that course. So what do we do? What can we do as sales leaders? But also what can we do as a sales team to give ourselves this opportunity of of occupying the last mile, but having pretty much free reign of the last mile because everybody's going to be uh, either giving up or not necessarily uh, staying the last mile with us. Well, it's actually pretty simple. It's the one percenters, and it's, I'm not going to call it necessarily the power of one, but this is this literally could be the the power of one. So it's like this: it's that one additional phone call that the team makes. Now, if there was one additional phone call, if you're running a um, a business development team, for example, who was hunting down new business. And there's some KPIs around making, I don't know, let's just say 20 phone calls per day. If if each each and every one of your sales execs made one additional phone call per day, now that's five additional phone calls per week. If you've got 10 reps, then that's 50 extra phone calls per week to potential clients. Now, even if you had a conversion rate of 10%, then there's still five possible opportunities that you could then convert which we know there will be if you've got a really good product and service and also uh, set the benchmarks around how you actually engage and convert those conversations, that will go straight to the bottom line. So one additional phone call per day could actually develop, develop and deliver significant results. Now, if you did that every single day, just look, think about that. Five additional calls per week. If there's 20 days in a working month, there's 20 additional calls per, per month. If you're working, even say you just did 10 10 months and had two months off or you, you didn't do that, the extra stuff in, in the last two months of the year, you've still got an additional 200 calls that you're going to make as an individual, which potentially is the last mile because others will not be doing that. Now, if you then leverage that across and multiply that across the number of salespeople you've got in your team, that is, is a significant number of additional things, which is not onerous. It's one extra phone call per day. And let's be honest, Anybody can do one extra phone call per day. So that's a phone call. What else could you do? Well, you could send one additional email. Same sort of principle. One additional email. It's just one more prospect that you're actually reaching out to. One more customer you're sending the email out to per day. What about you connect with one more decision maker per day? Go onto LinkedIn and actually find somebody in your marketplace or your niche 
that you want to connect to, who is relevant to connect to, who may become your ideal future customer and connect with them. Now, if you do an additional one per day, again, there's, there's another 20 per month and that can add up to significant numbers over a course of a year, let alone over the course of two to three years. And this is what separates the great ones from the, yeah, the from the competition. You've also got things like pitching. So if you're if you're looking at improving your conversion rates, then why don't we practice pit the pitch just one more time? All right? You can't rehearse enough. And often I'll do I'll talk about this in presentation skills programs that I run or pitching pitching programs where people think, oh, I don't want to rehearse too much because it then sounds as if it's actually scripted. Well, no, that's the danger. We're not we're not thinking about uh, remembering what to say. We're actually doing our pitch and practicing and practicing and practicing so it becomes and sounds a lot more natural and it doesn't sound scripted. So in fact, you can't you can't over-rehearse in most cases unless, of course, you're going to be trying to rehearse to remember the words. If you know your content, you should be able to rehearse at multiple different times and come across slightly different because the words will be different but the key content chunks will be the same. So you can practice your pitch one more time. Or in the case of uh, sitting in meetings, you can ask that one more high-quality question in a particular meeting or in a or in a board meeting or whatever the case might be. So think about the extra 1%, and it only has to be one thing. What is the one thing that we can do that over and above what we're doing in a normal course of a day can actually compound over time? And this is the 1%. It's going that extra mile because not everybody, in fact, most people are not prepared to do that. They will do just the bare minimum to get by and yet still expect to get the extraordinary results. And it doesn't come from average effort. It comes from separating yourself from everybody else and doing over and above what is required and doing just that little bit extra. And as I said, it doesn't have to be onerous and certainly doesn't have to be significant. It's just that one additional phone call. But the thing, this is the power. It's the power of leverage and the power of compound interest. You do that every single day, it starts to compound. Not just the results, but also start thinking about your level of confidence, but also your level of competence. That the more you do over and above, you're actually developing a higher level of confidence and you're getting better at the skill set, which means it comes easier and more natural to you. So you're always looking for that next level. And that's exactly what people like Dustin Martin have recognized and he keeps himself on top of the game, never ever satisfied with where he's at. And he's always looking to improve and do that one additional percentage over and above what everybody else is. Now, what is the result of all that? Well, they get better results. It's as simple as that. They simply get better results. They separate themselves from the competition and they do discover and they truly discover that the last mile really is quite lonely because there's nobody around. They're looking around and they're just, they're literally on their own. There's this just space, right? And this is what happens. So here's a key question for you and as a sales leader, but also for your team as well. What are the one percenters that you can do this week? What can you do as a sales leader this week that is the one percenters that over and above what you normally do can separate you from not only your internal competition, because I know many of you have internal competition within your organization, but also start thinking about how it's going to separate you from everybody else in the market that you're operating in that could be literally the difference that makes all the difference in terms of what you do. So what are the one percenters you can do this week? And that's the key area of focus. Uh, do that and you'll be, you'll be amazed at how quickly you'll find out that it actually is quite uh, quite interesting that there's uh, not that many people going the extra mile because on the last mile, in fact, it takes a bit more work that most people are not prepared to do. So that's the key message for today. Recognize that it is less crowded in the last mile, but that last mile is where the rubber really hits the road and that's what can separate you from everybody else. So if you are committed to doing that and really want to take your sales leadership to that exceptional sales level and really help your team propel exponentially their performance, 
over the next 90 days and beyond, then you know the drill. You need to start working with me one-on-one, and we can do that uh, as soon as late this week, early next week. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick it on that suits, and we'll jump on a Zoom call and have a conversation about what the next 90 days will look like. And I look forward to that conversation. I look forward to working with you as I am I'm working with a number of great sales leaders right now and really, really enjoying it. So until the next episode, really look at what those one percenters are going to be for you as a leader, but also specifically what the one percenters will be for your team and really focus in on that. What's the extra one or two things you can do that will separate you from your competition that will literally make the difference that makes all the difference. So with that, have a fantastic uh, start to this week and I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.